This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's always game day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, and we're joined by our good friend, Matt Perino. All right, um, so Bove and I had this really fun discussion about the punt last week from Matt Ariza. And Bove told a story about being in the press box and filming Joe Biscalia, and people now want to see the video of filming Joe Biscalia and all of that. <laughs> let's just get into, first of all, your reaction when you saw it. And what do you want to see on Saturday from this group, Perino? Uh, the special teams group. Yeah. Punter, kicker, holder. You know, do you need to see any more from Matt Arise? I guess that's the best way to put it. No. And okay. honestly, when they were getting down to 85 and I know it might be a little bit aggressive and early, but I think we've seen enough to where they probably could have moved on from Matt Hawk and maybe kept a Jalen Weidemeyer around a little bit, uh, a little bit longer or an Elijah Griffin. Who's been in the system for a while. I thought it was, you know, uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes and maybe this isn't one. Maybe they do want to keep the pressure on Ariza a little bit longer. Let him kind of go out and operate in those, not thinking that the job is hidden and taking the foot off the gas. When I saw the punt in the press box, I kind of did what, what Matt did. Look down three seats and, and, and Joe Biscay <laughs> nobody gets a kick out of that stuff more than him. And I'm actually, I don't go too far into this take too often, but I am like, oh man, I, I shouldn't say anti-special teams, but man, punter kicker competitions. That is literally like the last thing on the list of things I want to talk about usually. But the Ariza thing is interesting because it's got a viral component to it, right? Yes. Pat McAfee is this, this unbelievable digital media presence now and the former punter. And I was listening to his show and his show this week, and he's breaking down the punt and explaining why it's something that people should really respect because it's something that not a lot of punters can yeah. do. And so it puts it into context for me. Um, so it's pretty cool. I think he's got the job and, you know, I think the the Hawk thing maybe is more of a respect thing, but then again, they moved on from Hauschka early. So I just, I kind of don't get it. Well, that's actually, that's a good point because I was having a conversation earlier today. Did they move on from Hauschka at the first cut or was it the second cut with him? Or was that before the new rules with the cuts? Does um, anybody remember? He he was cut before the final cut down date, yes. but I don't think they had the same rules in place now where you have the three. I think there was a little bit different during the pandemic there. Uh, yes. Okay. So I kind of tend to agree that I thought Hawk would be in the first batch of cuts, but the word that you said, Perino, that stood out to me was pressure. And I think they want to kind of keep this pressure building for Ariza and they were okay. Basically getting rid of one of those other guys just to make it known like, okay, like, yeah, we saw your 82 yard punt. We know a bunch of people are talking about you. You still have a little bit more work to do to win the job. That's just kind of the way that I've kind of always thought about this the last couple of days. And Hey, like there's going to be growing pains. That's okay. You just kind of have to live with them when it comes to a rookie punter. So do you, should, should fans feel basically kind of worried or scared that, 
Tredavious White isn't out there. I'm getting a lot of that lately, guys. I'm getting a lot of, hey, Trey's not out there. They're getting closer to the second preseason game. I mean, Perino, how do you read the situation right now? And should fans be a little bit worried? No, because you always got to take those those national reports on Buffalo matters with a grain of salt. And I listen, I respect Jeremy Fowler a ton. He's been running the money for most of the things in, in his career. And I, I, I'm not suggesting that that report isn't anything but well-sourced. But, you know, I don't think anybody really knows the goings-on with the Travius White thing um, outside of that building. And so the Jordan Poyer thing is a great example of what I'm talking about. What has come out about the negotiations for Jordan Poyer's new contract nationally, nothing, nothing. nothing. crickets, nothing. right? It just stuff does not get out of the building. And listen, I think all three of us, we have relationships in the building, you know, conversations with, you know, players, different, different types of things. And I'm not really even hearing a lot on that, on those matters. So when is Tredavious white going to be ready? I'm not so sure, but I think it's pretty safe to assume that he's not going to be ready by week one. I don't think coming off of that injury, they're willing to say, Hey, you practice for a couple of weeks. Let's roll you out. Even in a reduced role. I don't, I think we need to see him on the practice field for a couple of weeks before they roll him out. So, so that's what I mean though. But if you're saying you don't think he'll be ready week one, then I think there is cause for concern from bills fans. I think bills fans were thinking all along that, yeah, I think we're going to get this guy back for week one. You're saying you don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that that's concerning though. Okay. I, I think this is, I think this is an injury that, it's individual based. And I think that the, the key to it is not overstepping and rushing a guy back. And if that means he's not ready till week three or week four, that just means that, you know, you want him to be the version of Trey right. White or closest to it when you do line him up there. So I'm not concerned yet. If we get to week four, week five, and he's not practicing, then, then I'd probably be a little bit concerned. It's, it's kind of the waiting game until he gets back on the field. By the time this podcast has been posted, we will be three weeks or less to the start of the NFL season. So unless Trey White walks out onto the field for their last practice of the week on Thursday before the preseason game on Saturday, we're going to be in that window where it looks like, man, it would be really surprising for him to come back. And I understand the concern that he won't be ready for week one from the fan base, but you need Tredavious White healthy week 17. And then in the first round of the playoffs, that's when you need Trey White healthy. If Trey White is healthy, the last time the Bills played in a playoff game, we might not be having the conversations that we're having. And we're talking about a team that's hosting the first game of the season, not on the road for the first game of the season. So to me, yeah, maybe it's concerning from the standpoint of like, they'll lose a game or two that they could have won if he was out on the field early in the season. But it really doesn't matter if you ultimately get to the playoffs because who cares? You know, if you lose the first game of the season of the Rams and then you go on and win the Super Bowl, nobody's going to care that you lost the first game. I know the sky will be falling in Buffalo if that happens, but like it perspective is a hell of a thing. Yeah. And I was going to say, I like your perspective on this Perino, which is, I think that you're saying, yeah, look, I mean, he'll be back and don't worry about it. Like it's, it's more about the long-term vision here. So if he does miss a week or two, that's not concerning. What's concerning is to make sure that you know he's healthy long term. I like that because I think Bills fans really want to see him on the field as soon as possible. And I'm getting a lot of, well, is he going to be ready week one? I'm really concerned about this. And what you're saying is, well, don't worry about that. Just make sure he's healthy when he gets on the field. 100%. And I think what you've seen develop over training camp and into the preseason with the um, emergence of Christian Benford, I'm intrigued to see what that guy does consistently against, you know, NFL talent. Now, do I see a path 
for regular playing time for him, even if White's not there. Not necessarily. I think at best, you're probably looking at Dane as CB1 and Kyer Elam and Benford in some type of timeshare, um, yeah. potentially, because Leslie Frazier did say Dane is ahead of them. Now, even though Leslie Frazier said that, by the time the season starts, that doesn't necessarily mean that right. Dane won't be underneath Kyer at that point. I mean, you saw Sean McDermott react to that, that past breakup on Pittman from Elam early in that Colts game. He was jazzed up. He was good. It was good to see, but I do think over the court, the, the entire body of work, Benford's outperformed Elam to this point, that won't necessarily always be the case, but I think that they, the more eyes you can get on these young players, see what you have in them. It's not a bad thing to Matt's point in early season games. And then you get white back for, you know, the, the, the playoff and for bills fans perspective, super bowl run. Well, that's the thing too, is trial by foot. It, it, it's all, do you, are you somebody who likes the idea of trial by fire? Are you somebody who likes the idea of easing a rookie into it periodically as the season goes along? I'm more of like a trial by fire guy, like throw them in. <laughs> Welcome to the first game of the NFL season against the Super Bowl champs. And you're going to either be going against a combination of Cooper cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, like have fun, buddy. So I like that idea, like throw him out there and see what he can do. And I think a lot of times people who are true stars usually rise up to those occasions. And I'm not saying that he's going to step onto the field and he's going to be a lockdown corner, but go see if he can make some plays because he's on a defense full of other guys who will go out and make plays. And in the other side of the field, there's going to be an offense that's probably going to put up some points. So they might be able to get away with it until Trey is healthy. And I think just making sure that he's fully healthy is the most important thing. And then hopefully for the bill's sake, they'll have three viable options to be their second cornerback between Dane Elam, and then maybe even Benford. Bove, were you surprised that Leslie Frazier kind of came out and said, and basically stated, he said Dane Jackson's ahead of those guys. I just think it's a little bit out of character for this organization to even say something like that. Was it a message to the rookies or would you see just kind of being honest? And that's what happens. I think it's almost more of a nod to a player who has been in their system right. for a couple of years and a sign of respect that yep. he doesn't want to dismiss what Dane Jackson has done for the team and the work that he has put in because it wasn't that long ago that they were really, you know, highly praising Dane Jackson when he needed to step up and become the cornerback too for the bills with Levi Wallace and him. So no, I don't think it was a surprise. I, I kind of honestly think it was expected just by those of us who have watched practice and those of us who have thought about it a little bit. I will say this though about Elam, like I keep and I understand that some of the criticism is warranted that it has been a little bit of a slow summer and maybe what we would have liked to see more. But every time I see that guy, once practice has ended, he is doing things to try and continue to build his craft and get better, whether that's talking to his coaches, whether that's working with the other players at his position. Like I do appreciate that stuff because I think that he's taking it serious. And I think that he's kind of one of those self-motivated guys who's ultra competitive, by the way, like we've seen that all summer, like how competitive this dude is. So I think that eventually he'll get it right because he's also a great athlete. And I think that, you know, maybe it's just taken a little bit of time, but I trust the talent there. Before we let our good buddy Matt Perino go, what is going on with this Chili's thing that you guys had going on on Twitter <laughs> from Wednesday's practice? I I was not out at practice. I was hosting the Extra Point show on WGR, and then I see not only Matt Bove tweet about like Chili's and debating how good it is, but literally hundreds of responses to this tweet as well. What happened? Chili's is a polarizing topic. Uh, I guess before so. we get. Before we get to Chili's, though, I just want to back up for one second. Can I just say, yeah, thank goodness for Leslie Frazier. 
<laughs> because like in a world that we live in as, as media members, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Sean McDermott. He does a really good job. I think we all have really good professional relationships with him. He doesn't give us much, right? And I and I do think that Leslie Frazier's at, at the point of his career where he's got enough, you know, um, skins on the wall in this game that he just operates a different way. And I don't think, you know, some people have different ways they approach the game in the league. Like some people are really everything's secretive, everything's behind the things. And some people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll put my the clothes on the table, fold the laundry right in front of you. I don't care. I like how he gasses all of us up a little bit. And it just makes me feel like good about myself sometimes when you're sitting there in a press conference and you can ask Leslie the most basic elementary question. He'll be like, well, Matt, that's a good observation you had there. You must be yes. watching tape. And then he yes. answers the question. And I'm like, yes. oh, you're just so kind. <laughs> you're just doing I that love Leslie. Up. Leslie is my is top of my power ranking. You know what he I love about fantastic Leslie? fantastic guy. Here's what I love about Leslie, too. Um, you're all right, everything you're saying, guys. He's also great to talk to just about when he played. Like he was on a yeah. he was on one of the greatest teams that ever played, the 85 Chicago Bears. He led either that team or the year before, I think, that Bears in interceptions. Like he was a terrific player in a in a terrific era uh, of that football for that team. So I love talking about those teams. And that was kind of when I was growing up and formulating my love of football during those years. So he's very cool to talk about. And and he's just he's a gentleman, right? I mean we're yeah, yeah, no, and, and we're still, it's funny, the dynamic, we're still obviously getting to know Ken Dorsey, we don't know him too much, <laughs> but we were just talking about how much we all like Leslie Frazier, and Dabes was the exact same way, Dabe used to walk into the room and he'd be like, what's up, boys? <laughs> he, was know, just, right? he was just there Dude. to have a good time, he he was great, Dable. Le- Leslie, Leslie, you want to go out to dinner with, like, and just, you know, spend an evening, two hours, share a meal, maybe a glass of wine. Dave's, you want to go crush a six pack with and just yeah. talk ball and talk life in the NFL. Yeah. You just right, set well, us up. You, you just you set, set us up, up for the transition. I know. We well, go to dinner that. to Chili's. Let's, let's do that. Hold on. So we'll make this into the uh, final segment here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> 